Good morning. It's really good to be here with you all. I think Pastor Stacy asked me back in September to come and preach for him this morning, and so it feels like it's been a long wait. Um, I've received many texts from your uh, pastors this morning just to encourage me, and that has been a real blessing. So it's good to be with you all here in the room and those of you online. Uh, As we've already noticed, uh, we've been in a month of waiting, and waiting's our theme for this morning. During Advent, we have walked in waiting and in the experience of the joy of the fulfillment as we have celebrated the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. But waiting does not end for us as we move past the season of Advent, of celebrating Jesus, who is our light and salvation. In fact, life seems to be a series of opportunities to keep waiting. And as I was thinking about this message and reflecting on my own experience of waiting, my earliest memory that I could come up with, not surprisingly, was around Christmas time. I was maybe five, my sister was seven, and we had been instructed by our parents that we could not get them up until the sun rose. Probably based on experience of years past, they had set this rule. So being eager and excited, my sister and I woke up and we stood watch at the window of our home hours. I I think we woke up at some ungodly a.m. hour waiting for that sun to come up. Waiting is hard. Sometimes in waiting, it seems like time moves more slowly. And so as we find ourselves at the beginning of a new year, my guess is that our experience of waiting will keep coming. And we all have areas of life that are uncertain, with outcomes to life's challenges or unknowns yet to be realized. Like, what will the economy do? Will there be a recession? Will I find a more fulfilling job? Will my child have success at school, friendships, and sports? What will my test results be? Will my aging parent recover? We wonder and we wait upon the Lord to answer our prayers for peace, security, health, and guidance. We wait often in times for light to dawn in dark places, just as many who have gone before us. But how shall we wait in the tension of the fulfillment of God's redemptive promises and the uncertainty of today? How shall we cooperate with Jesus in the waiting? I think we can learn a lot from Simeon and Anna in the text that was just read for you. Thank you, Courtney. Simeon and Anna were ordinary people waiting for resolution, answers, and fulfillment while being intentional about their life with God. And certainly within the story that we just heard, there is a rich prophetic word spoken to Mary and Joseph about the Messiah, a word worthy of its own sermon, no doubt. Yet today, we're going to focus and hone our attention in on the relationship Simeon and Anna shared with God and how that impacted their life and that of those around them. Hopefully, in doing so, we can learn more about what it means to wait with Jesus 
in the midst of the long road to fulfillment, to answers to life's circumstances. Will you pray with me? Lord, I simply, and even as I say simply, realize how extraordinary it is, but would you just come? Just come and let your word fall upon our hearts. Pierce our souls. Ignite our fires for you, our joy for you. In your name we pray. In Luke 2, 25, our passage starts with this phrase, at this time. What was it about this time? What was happening? Well, no doubt there were many ordinary things of life still going on. But we see this also as a time where God is breaking in with extraordinary power and presence, quite frequently. Some 700 years after Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Messiah, Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and the wise men experienced a word of the Lord coming to them through angels and dreams and study to prepare their hearts for God breaking in, Emmanuel finally coming, and then the fulfillment of the promise in the birth of Jesus. Enter Simeon and Anna, who have been waiting to see the Messiah, the consolation of Israel, and the salvation of all nations. Through their story, we get a glimpse at some of the qualities of faith that are active in waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises and leading in our lives. So what do we see? How shall we wait? The first quality that strikes me is their expectancy. Simeon and Anna waited with expectancy. They expected God to keep his word from long ago and... They anticipated that God is still speaking to them now. The text reads, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The text tells us that he was righteous and devout. The word devout means that someone takes hold of things carefully. And we will see that being devoted, devotion to the life they shared with God is the foundation that moved Simeon and Anna from rote ritual, that is just doing what needs to be done, what is expected of them, to a personal relationship with the Lord. And it's the same for us. Simeon took hold of the promise that he would not die before seeing the Lord's Messiah. He trusted and believed to the point of eagerly awaiting its fulfillment, the text says. It had been 700 years, and no one had seen the Messiah yet. And still, Simeon believed God would be faithful to his personal word to him and to his word to all nations. Simeon could hold carefully to this promise because as a devout Jew, he carefully held to the witness of Scripture. He remembered the waiting of those who came before him. Abraham, Moses, the people of Israel waiting to be uh, delivered from Egypt. David waiting to be king. The prophets waiting for God's word of deliverance from sin and exile to be realized. Simeon held carefully a long history of waiting and watching for God's faithfulness. 
And I believe this helped him through days of hopelessness, through despair, and through long days of wondering. He was human after all. And we know how hard waiting can be. Holding fast to the word of God's story helps us wait expectantly by reminding us of God's history of faithfulness. And the prophetess Anna was also waiting. Her story is more sparsely described, but I think we can look between the lines underneath the surface a bit for some important observations. Anna was devout too, a widow who stayed at the temple fasting and praying. Our text says in verse 38, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. I don't know about you all, but I don't often come upon a conversation and think to myself, ooh, look there, a promise is being fulfilled. Perhaps upon reflection of the moment, but not necessarily in the moment. And this tells me that she was present to the promises. The eyes and the ears of her heart, so to speak, were open and awake to God's leading as she prayed and fasted. She came along. She noticed the interaction because she held the word, the promise, the expectation of Messiah coming, and was able to recognize the moment when it had arrived. She knew she was missing, witnessing more than just an ordinary moment. She was witnessing something sacred. She knew it was holy because the word of God was embedded in her. And she too remembered God's faithfulness. They each carried the prophetic promise, treasured in their hearts. They held the vision for the Messiah, the one who would rescue, save, and establish his kingdom. Holding fast to the word helps us wait with expectancy. I also believe that they could wait with expect expectation because they paid attention to their life with God. Throughout the ordinary, the mundane, the challenges, the stressors, and the joys of every day, theirs was a devotion that was an intimate relationship. The second quality of their waiting was prayerful intimacy with God. Simeon and Anna waited in prayerful converse conversation with God. Again, the text reads, he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. I believe devotion, his devotion, kept him in close contact with God. And in verse 36 and 37, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshiping God and fasting and prayer. We see in these verses intimacy with God, a relationship that comes from time spent communion, communing, devotion, it's devotion. Simeon and Anna were present to a conversational life with God. Their prayers were not a one-way occurrence. They not only expected God to fulfill his promises, but they expected God to still be speaking to them about the promises and guiding them through the Holy Spirit that God had placed upon them. In Luke 2, 27, it says, That day the Spirit led him, led Simeon to the temple. And this suggests to me 
that Simeon had a sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And Anna, no doubt, in conversation with God, made her way to where Simeon was meeting Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And I wonder if she finds herself there because of a sensitivity of the leading of the Holy Spirit, cultivated in listening prayer. The Holy Spirit was actively guiding them to the right time and the right place, and they were listening, attuned to his leading. They developed a conversational life with God through the Holy Spirit, and they expected to hear because they knew and believed that God is a relational God. He wants to be with us, and he has a long history of speaking to his people a history in their devotion to God that they held on to carefully. They knew and still believed God was a personally and collectively communicating God. So they practiced prayer that allowed for enough silence to hear from the Holy Spirit. Prayer that is open to God as one who speaks to a dear friend out of deep love and respects and respectfulness listens. Dallas Willard, on his book, Hearing from God, says this, People are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. The spirit who inhabits us is not mute. We are participants, not spectators. Accordingly, we seek to interact with God in a relationship of speaking and listening. Nothing is more central Nothing is more central to the practical life of the Christian than the confidence in God's individual dealings with each person. And the biblical witness backs this up. It assures us that God is indeed pretty chatty if we're listening. Isaiah 30, 21 reads, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. He didn't just speak back then. Jesus assures us that he will still be speaking to us now. John 14, 23 and 26 says, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. People of God, are we listening when we pray? It can be intimidating because we do not often speak about the way the Spirit works within to guide us and direct us. I love that Pastor Kristen talked about that this morning. We didn't speak about it, but I, I just love the way the Holy Spirit unites us. I find it helpful to know that we recognize his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, as Christ assures us we will in the Gospels, with practice and that there is grace upon grace to grow in confidence. So when you pray, ask for the grace to quiet your heart. Listen to its cries, its longings, its joys, and offer them to God. Then listen for his response, as Simeon and Anna did. They longed for the Messiah, and so they were listening. 
As we share our longings and listen, we may hear God comfort us, sometimes with a reminder of scripture, sometimes with an image that comes to mind, or through the beauty of creation, or the stillness and peace that comes with his presence. We, as his children, meet God face to face in love, confident that he is still speaking. And if what we believe the Spirit is speaking lines up with God's character, the biblical witness of redemption and restoration is loving of God, self, and neighbor, and builds more of his kingdom on earth, a kingdom of shalom and wholeness for all creation, then we can be confident that God has given us a word. So practice taking a step in the direction you feel you're being led. Stay humble and communicate with God and fellow believers to discern how God is still moving. Adjust accordingly and begin again. Begin again. We have grace, people. So as we wait, listen. Listening prayer keeps us awake to our life with God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. An intimate life with God connected to his love and faithfulness will also make our waiting bearable. As we wait, God tenderly holds us, giving us the good gift of the Holy Spirit to guide our every step. And as we do so, we learn to trust he is speaking to us, even as we now have the choice from our listening to respond. And that's the third quality of waiting that we see in Simeon and Anna, their responsiveness. They were responsive to the Holy Spirit while they waited. And their story demonstrates to us that waiting is not passive. We have a role to play as co-laborers with Christ while we wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. As we listen, we will find that we are more watchful, alert, and awake to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And in staying awake, we can be interrupted. We can choose to be interrupted as Simeon and Anna were. Not as ones who presume to know how God will bring about his word, but ones who trust that he will. Staying awake gives us the opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitation. Listen again to these words. That day the Spirit led him, Simeon, to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Simeon was there. Likewise, Anna was there, led by the Spirit to the right time and right place. I wonder what they had to let go of to respond. What plans or agendas for the day did they have to set aside? Our receptivity to being interrupted doesn't come naturally to us. Being available and present in a world of distractions is a great challenge. But our prayer practices, our devotion to relationship with God will help us be more intentional, especially the practice of silence so that we can hear. In the silence, we can notice God trying to get our attention. And that gives us the chance to respond. And what joy we see as Simeon and Anna respond 
to God's leading. To, they get to bear witness to the Messiah, to the promises God has spoken finally coming to fruition. Take this in. Simon was there. Because he was there, he got to hold Jesus. And what's true for us is that we hold him in our hearts. And by some mystery, he still holds us at the same time. We hold and are held. Awareness of this truth fuels devotion and inspires availability to the presence of God, to God speaking and our opportunity to respond. People of God, Jesus is closer than our breath. Are you aware, believing this, ready to respond? Because the truth is, our response, while it blesses us and brings glory to God, is for the sake of others. In their story, we see that choosing to respond in times of waiting is not just for us, like I said. It's for neighbor's good. Simeon, having received the fulfillment of God's word to him, now offers the word to Mary and Joseph, joining the cloud of witnesses who have and would speak of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and redemption of all things. And Anna was able to speak to others who were also waiting a word of praise for God's promises being made a reality. She could testify to others because she experienced her own waiting bearing fruit. Luke 2, 38 says this, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She, she demonstrated a sensitivity not just to the Holy Spirit, but to the community God had placed around her and the invitation to bear witness to the dawning of God's redemptive plans. Out of expectancy of God's faithfulness, a conversational life with God, Simeon and Anna were led by the Spirit to notice God moving in their midst and responded by helping others notice his movement as well. We are called to that same active, intimate life with God, to bear witness to God's unfolding story for all and for us personally. And as we do, as we tell the story, we help others see God's goodness and recognize the voice of the Spirit in their own lives. As people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can wait expectantly, prayerfully, and responsively for God to break in and bring his light. I talked to you about that first Christmas where I learned a bit about waiting. Uh, this is the gift I received that Christmas morning so long ago, and while it was an awesome gift, it saved me from hours of boredom in the winter. It pales in comparison to the priceless gift of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ where we are guided by his spirit and responding to his voice for the sake of others. Will you pray with me? Lord, help these words that I have shared carry throughout the days. Let just the right thing come to our remembrance and help us turn back to you. In your name we pray.
Amen.